Stuff Network and you're listening to episode 64 of Attention Plus with Arna Bray. I am Vikram Mohan. We have a very, very, very special episode today and uh, as you can see, it's got me giddy with excitement. So before we proceed though, let me put in a good word for one of our other podcasts, that's What's Up Geeks. And in the latest episode, we again catch you up with the news from the world of geeks. We take a trip down tech history and come Pete for your votes with some nifty app recommendations. So look for WhatsApp Geeks on your podcast player or visit anchor.fm slash WUG to listen and subscribe. I'm so excited to get started that I'm going to cut right to the chase and get your host in. Hey Arnab. Hello. Hello everyone. So tell us what do we have in store today? Yes. Yeah, so today we have a guest. We're having a guest back on attention please podcast after a long time and the reason why for that is purely technical because the the technology somehow doesn't seem to work with three people uh so but but we're going to keep our fingers crossed and today we have uh today we have the the maestro of bollywood lists uh dipto kirti who's again now i've said this before is is one of my ju seniors and as well as an as well as an inspiration uh when i was when i didn't write as in, you know, how good can this guy write? I wish I can write like him. So I'm always honored to have him back as a guest. And uh, today we, and since Dittokirti and I both, both uh, for those of you who follow us, who know us, we are both very much into the 90s culture. And so I thought with him back here as a guest, let's do uh, of the movies that define the 90s. So the way we're going to do it is we're going to discuss one movie each. So I'm going to do one and Diptokirti is going to do one. And uh, by the way, uh, we made a list of this and funnily, none of our lists overlapped. I don't know if I don't know if it would have overlapped if he hadn't seen my list first. So these are five movies which we... It's not... Let's lay out the assumptions before we begin. It's not that these are our favorite movies of the 90s. It could be. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they are. But this is the movies which we believe defined the 90s and left the legacy uh, for future generations. And and for those of you who doubt the legacy of the 90s, just look at, just listen to the soundtrack of any movie that comes out today. Every movie has an item number, which is a remix 90s song. So this should tell you how influential the 90s still is today. So without further ado, welcome Deepto Girthi. Thank you so much. Thanks for the kind welcome. <laughs> In the from the pre-multiplex era. From the pre-multiplex era, when when uh, when you didn't get popcorn in, in in cinema theaters, you would get those lim- you would get those Pepsi things, which are not Pepsi. Remember the Girthi? The... <laughs> yes, the, the, we we used to call them jaundice in plastic. So. I mean, if if you if you if you if you drank one of them, you're definitely going to get jaundice. But it was cheap, and it was that was what they would they'd call it Pepsi for some reason. I don't know why it was called Pepsi. It had nothing to do with Pepsi at all. <laughs> True. <laughs> yes, and it was definitely a public health hazard. That it was a public health hazard before Delhi Air became a public health hazard. 
before we started measuring i'm pretty sure the 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 i'm pretty sure the numbers were pretty bad then also in calcutta but nobody measured so nobody knew i mean nowadays we measure everything right you know we measure the amount of carbs in food i mean who measures the amount of carbs in rasgulla or pantua right nobody does in those days nobody measured things so everything was okay i guess all right so let's get started vikram do you want to set this out with yes let me start off by asking our guest about uh, his criteria for the movies in his list and uh, whether he used the same parameters that you uh, that arnav used no it's pretty much that i think i have chosen a selection of movies that would uh, set the ball rolling for the rest of the 90s and i believe the rest of 2000s and 2010s as well uh, so yeah the p- movies with quote unquote eternal cultural significance and uh, these movies that uh, both of you would be listing out they are not in any particular order right we are not doing a top 5 for the risk of uh, breaking the internet so to speak right right no so yeah this this there's nothing there's nothing in the in there's nothing in the order again again this is not a notion of excellence it is all what we believe is influenced influenced movie making going forward not just movie making but the entire cultural zeitgeist of our society so again sounds grand but again very subjective list so i guess somebody will immediately write in why isn't xyz movie in here and we we totally get that but we had to confine ourselves to five each and we, in the interest of time so but i'm pretty sure we can think of 15 so dipthogiti why don't you start with your movie okay so i will start with uh, david dhawan's aake uh, david dhawan had made a few films before this and then he hit big time uh, after this and when his and govinda's partnership was being compared to manmohan desai and amitav bachchan's partnership of the 70s uh, <clears throat> i think uh, aake was brilliant because again in true 90s style i did not see it in the theater i saw it on the local cable because after every friday of the movie release by saturday mm-hmm. or sunday that uh, that film used to get shown on cable so i so i watched it on cable and the most amazing thing was that in most movies you could like take an unscheduled loo break while one of the songs or something uh, boring was going on aake was a film i remember that i could not take a loo break for the entire three and a half hours or whatever the movie duration was <laughs> it like just kept me hooked like a roller coaster which was typical david dhawan it was a step up from his previous hit sholar shabnam and it like totally set the stage for the all the number one films that came after this uh i mean i mean karishma we kind of missed karishma in that one but i was like totally gasping for breath to keep pace within the plot within the plot within the plot i mean it was uh, completely uh, uh, rocking and also it had a lot of politically incorrect humor juvenile humor <laughs> which i did not which i did not realize then i mean and laughed a lot yes but yes, i mean very so un, very it, very unwoke humor let's just put it that way yeah yeah so it was like full fun i mean uh, it was full fun and uh, thankfully i did not get quote unquote influenced by it so i did not go out and sing lal dupatte wali tera naam to bata kind of stuff on the roads but I, apparently people did <laughs> but it's just a matter of time before we get a aankhe remake with uh, varun dhawan yeah 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 i mean dreams are in ultimately end right 
Yeah, so for me, Akhe is especially significant from a personal as well as from a pop cultural perspective. So I remember this was when Lal Dupatte Wali was coming out. I remember this incident. So we used to go to take maths tuition from a, a professor at South Point in South Point called Prithish Babu. So he was a very, very gentle person, like extremely gentle. And uh, he would never be irritated, even by things that we thought that he should be very angry at. He, there was nothing which kind of flustered him. So I remember this, like we, it was on Monday. I don't know why I remember, but we used to go right after school. We used to go to Prithish Babu for tuitions. And we went up and he used to take tuitions in this mezzanine floor, which was just one room. And the power was out. This was, this was Calcutta during Jyoti Babu days. So the power was obviously out. And it was hot as hell in there. And there were, and this, this house was, there were, there were, there was construction going on. So there were the mysteries or the workmen who were downstairs, right underneath where the stairs was going up to the mezzanine. And then Prithish Babu started out by explaining what a locus was, you know, the ellipse. And he would start by being, say, you know, explaining this. And then just, just when he was going to start, started and man he just totally lost it he just banged his fist on the table and said that same song once again <laughs> so that so that's the, I, whenever i think of Ake, i remember him you know this was in bengali of course but you know him hitting the table with his fist and saying a gone that thing is that is what i remember and yeah, it was it was brilliantly entertaining. I, I'm pretty sure it was copied from somewhere. And for those of you who haven't seen it, I cannot recommend it enough. It has like everybody has a duplicate in that movie. And only person who doesn't have a duplicate is Chunky Pandey. And he's paired with a <laughs> monkey there. So there's Chunky and then there's a monkey. And then there is two Govindas. There's everybody has two. And so the entire thing is... It's actually a great problem in combinatorics. Like how many confusing situations can you have when you have two people of each. So it's two times, two times, two times, two. It's like a binary tree. Uh, it's it, it's brilliant all over. And I mean, there are a lot of songs which have which are like exactly very politically incorrect. And um, but for me, the best, the, 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 the thing that I remember about the movie the most is the song that didn't get a lot of airplay. It's called Bare Kam Ka Bandar. And Bare Kam Ka Bandar is just a brilliant, brilliant song. And, you know, again, the, the dancing of the monkey is compared to different heroes of yesteryears. True. Um, and for those of you who haven't listened to it, I urge you to listen to it and listen to the lyrics. It's as much an ode to a monkey as it is to 1960s and 1970s Bollywood. And this is what I believe is makes makes Akhe to be kind of a subversive masterpiece. Okay, it's surely it's, it's crass and it's crude and it's David Dhawanism. But inside there, there's also a homage part which is going on through a song about a monkey. And I somehow I feel that the, 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 the confluence of these two is, is essentially a sign of 90s genius, things which you will not find nowadays ever. Nowadays, the problem is either movies are so obviously spoofing uh, the 90s that it becomes you know very heavy handed that it's 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 never is it never treads that you know this night medium pass where where you can be uh, spoofing as well as doing your real thing it either becomes one or the other and i think this is again i'm glad that dipto kitty chose Ake because you know i love this movie too 
and I feel that it's 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 not appreciated enough as to you know how great it actually is as a movie itself. About the title, didn't the title also have a pair of eyes on it? The font and uh, typical nineties style. I oh, think Tisrakon also. Why it was called AK? I mean, I what plot point did I miss? Yeah, like why yes, is yes, Shole yes, called so, Shole? So, you don't really know. Why is, <laughs> Shole is called Shole? There's a lot of fire going on, I guess, <laughs> in that movie. But yeah, yeah. you know, AK, I didn't Ake, know. But Tisrakon used the double. motif of an eye. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tisrakon, which was actually a, a murder mystery. Apparently, I mean, it was not much of a mystery, of course. But you know, Tisrakon did use. did use the motive of an arc as uh, for mystery just just as an aside moving on arnab uh, what's your first pick so my my first pick is ashiki because ashiki is is significant is culturally significant not so much as a movie the movie is secondary i believe but this was the first time where i think that a movie was made as a conduit for the cassette so the main thing was the soundtrack and the movie was basically an extended music video of it and other than that i think another culturally significant moment of this movie is because it was the first time that deepak tijori there was so much so much of a bromance going with with it was not really clear as to where the ashiki was whether it was between rahul roy and uh, uh i mean what was what what was deepak tijori's real name i can't remember the name in the movie but between between uh, between i mean the, 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 it was very interesting really that that whole dynamic and i think that uh, the character of the hero's mother was also fairly new because it was not a nirupa roy kind of character it was like a very friendly modern mother and i thought that was very very innovative i i mean the music was again great it it started it kick started the careers of so many people from uh, from nadeem shravan to kumar shanu to t series as like you know as 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 a music powerhouse everything starts with that but then the movie kind of layers itself around uh, that cassette i i i felt and now you have ashiki 2 and everything but i think it it kind of started a trend uh, in the 90s which we, i mean again there was there, there was you know it what didn't happen then but then there was gulshan kumar got killed by the mafia so everything kind of started with that again a, a strand of bollywood started with ashiki not the primarily the, the 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 primary focus being the music a particular kind of 90s music which was very different in tune and tenor from what had happened before in the 80s so this is where the 90s music uh, the genre starts so this is significant for so so many reasons true true actually i mean the aso- associated trivia with it is that uh, kumar shanu's banglo is named ashiki i mean he literally <laughs> owes that to the film that might that might also be a reflection on what happens in kumar shanu's banglo but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we will we will take it as a as a homage to to the movie that started it all though though i'm pretty sure all of us know that that's not what that wasn't his first big hit right It, I mean, it was his first monster hit. I mean, he was around for a while, but he was doing all those. Yeah, so he was doing those Kumar, uh, Kishore Kumar ripoffs, which T uh, series was uh, bringing out by literally a dozen uh, before Ashiki, and that was the first time they ventured into Kotan. I mean, that it became a huge hit. And you are right in the sense that the soundtrack was everything, and the film was almost incidental and built around it. right it 
was exactly and i i don't think and the cassette cover also had the iconic scene of them kissing under the coat <laughs> yes it, it had those iconic moments it, it it was again it was a well made movie um for, for for the days and i think still now it kind of stands up i i think yeah, i mean if, if you're still into romance it kind yeah, of stands actually, up but the music the soundtrack was amazing yeah so the mahesh but that's what he brought he took a very cliched run of the mill subject and he built two three you know very interesting uh, set pieces and made brought in a little bit of a that uh, whatever that magic or whatever you call it that uh, stands the test of time so i think mahesh but and he was later accused of directing films on phone because he was i think uh, directing some 10 movies a year or something like that <laughs> and ashik he was one of the first in that and of course in true mahesh but style it had a non existent father and the mother bringing a kid up and the usual uh, yes yes slices, mahesh butisms yes slices <laughs> Since you brought up that thing about directing from the phone, it reminded me of this episode on uh, the talk show by uh, Shaker Suman in those days, Movers and Shakers. Uh, Mahesh Bhatt came in as yes, a guest, and on uh, he was on the phone pretending, I hope, to direct a movie, making fun of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this but this is like so Mahesh but yeah <laughs> Okay so I'll take the next one so the so next next one on my list is very predictable but the movie wasn't predictable at all it's it's Bazigar by Shahrukh Khan and um this is significant because it basically launches uh the career of Shahrukh Khan I mean he's sure he had made a few movies before but this one was where he distinguishes himself from the crowd um we've talked about bazigar before on this on, on this podcast and i don't want to spend a lot of time on the sheer genius that bazigar is but i saw bazigar recently about a year or so ago and many movies that i used to see in the 90s nowadays you know i'm, I'm much older and i'm not so easily impressed they don't stand the test of time for me but this was one movie which actually stood the test of time because and i don't mean this in kind of a you know subversive you know with tongue in cheek way i actually think it's it's a very good movie in terms of i, I know that it's been copied i haven't seen the original i've, I've heard that it's it, it's copied from an english movie and i have no reason to doubt that but the what makes it unique it's not just because it launches the career of shahrukh khan but it brings a level of violence and energy that i don't think hindi movies used to have before So in Hindi movies, violence was always dishum dishum, cartoonish. You never really saw blood, right? You know, pots and pans used to, you know, used to be destroyed, and there would be some person who would vault over this thela, and that was really the the limit of the destruction. But you could, when you see Shahrukh Khan in that like last sequence where he fights with Madan Chopra in the glass going into him, I mean, he's just a bloody mess. It's almost like Saw. I mean, he's bleeding from everywhere and it's just an immensely visceral violent film and shahrukh khan carries it off and of course he's overacting he's hamming his lips are you know his lips are quivering his eyes are going red but at least for me in those days we had never seen a movie like that where the character is physically acting like that i mean the, the, the fact about that movie and whatever you want to call it overacting or what but it was a very physical performance i don't think we'd seen physical performances like that like if you compare it with dharmender you know hinting me tera khoon pee jaunga there's not a lot which changes i mean his eyes go around and he says me tera khoon pee jaunga 
But when when Shahrukh Khan is saying that, it's his entire body saying that, and that is why I believe in. And this kind of became de rigueur after that. And Shahrukh Khan would go on to make a, at least two or three other movies, which was basically clones of Bazigar. But I thought that that, at least for me, really opened my eyes to where Bollywood, or the Hindi film industry, because I know people don't like to call it Bollywood, but the Hindi film industry was going. I thought it was it was a brilliant movie. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. I think, uh, I mean, that was the first time I think I saw a hero's face and mouth and teeth and everything covered in blood. <laughs> you know that. You, I mean, even when a hero was getting beaten up, you did not get see him getting all bloody and messy. They looked quite nice. Shahrukh like changed. Uh, there was yeah, there yeah. was some exception. I would think that the last scene in Agnipath. Yeah. Where, Char- where, where Amitabh Bachchan goes to the fire and everything at the end, he's also pretty yeah. battered physically. But this was very rare. And you don't normally think of that scene when you're thinking of Agnipat. But this was really the entire movie. I mean, I, I remember that first scene where, you know, when, if, when, Sh- when Shahrukh Khan goes postal, where that blood comes out. Right? Yeah. And, you know, that, that transition from, you know, the normal goofy Hindi, vil- Hindi film hero to, you know, that that bizarrely psychotic uh, suddenly with that blood comes out. I mean, that at least in those days totally blew me away when I saw it in a theater, yeah. by the way. Absolutely. I have no shame in admitting that uh, back in those days, I had a pair of jeans uh, like the one Shahrukh wore in Kali Kali Aankhe. <laughs> Kali Kali Aankhe. <laughs> well done. Yeah, so I'll just... Uh... I mean, match a Shah Rukh Khan film with another Shah Rukh Khan film, which is Dilse. And <clears throat> Dilse, uh, I mean, it came at the end of a sort of a phase where Shah Rukh Khan did all these uh, super edgy, violent films. And here the plot itself was quite edgy. I yes. Again, I saw it recently and I realized that it also has... Uh, it has uh, st- stood the test of time. And very interestingly, I felt it was quite political. I mean, certain parts that I don't remember because in the initial few reels of the film where Shahrukh Khan is an AIR executive who goes to Assam uh, to do a show around India's 50 years of India's independence. And he's actually shown interviewing militants who are uh, and asking them about why they feel that India and whether independence has succeeded, India as a nation is succeeded, which I thought was extremely uh, bold uh, and all of that for that period. Because, I mean, typically these kind of things did not happen in Hindi film of those times. And uh, yeah, of course, the ending, which I think everybody knows by now, is uh, was uh, kind of quote unquote edgy. It was different from the usual uh, romantic films that we were used to. And the soundtrack was, of course, I mean, in a uh, non-ashiki sort of a way, was quite mind blowing. Though it's very atypical of a Shah Rukh movie soundtrack, it's probably one of the best. It's a very different soundtrack. It's it a, a very, very different soundtrack. It's a very different movie. So again, I agree with exact totally with what 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 he's what they took it. They said, and for me, I, for the most for me again, I haven't seen it in a long time. So you know, it's interesting the politics part of it. I'm pretty sure if I saw it again, I would perhaps notice these. In those days, we were so much innocent; we never saw politics in movies. 
But for me, the main thing about Dilse was the soundtrack was so different from anything yeah. we'd ever heard. I, I still think that's Air Rahman's best soundtrack. And it's this one soundtrack where for every song that you got on the cassette, most times you bought a cassette and you felt bad because there were only two songs that you'd listen to and you wouldn't listen to any of the remaining songs. But this was one cassette where you wanted to hear both side A and side B. And if you, I mean, if, I don't remember Sukhvinder, you know, the, the Sukhvinder kind of song. This was the first time in a, in a mainstream movie that I imagine, that I believe that Sukhvinder's voice was used in in the way it was used and it also had udit narayan singing in a very non udit narayan way sonu nigam for instance i'd never heard of sonu nigam before that but then sonu nigam sings satrangire which is which is it's an amazing song and every and, and it works so perfectly with each of the voices um i i just felt that the soundtrack even the soundtrack i do listen to now and i just understand how beautiful the selection of the person who's singing the song is and of course the, you know air rahman is at his best and this is we discuss it in terms of 90s but what sets it apart is it was so not 90s it almost was like a movie made for uh, netflix today in 2019 somehow being released in the 90s yeah yeah actually even the visual imagery the photography the terrain uh, all those were absolutely i mean it was like a novelty uh, what roja kind of started a few years back dilse just took it to another level i can't think of any other actor who would be able to match the energy of a chhaya chhaya hats off to sharu yes i mean I, yeah absolutely i remember my wife and i went to see inside man here in a theater and have you have any of you seen inside man no i i haven't so inside man even before the credit starts it starts with this kid jinke sargo ishki chao okay so we were sitting in the theater we don't know what to expect the movie is going to start and that song comes up up and in that sound system and it's just beautiful you know without i mean we're not seeing the visuals or anything but just that again i was we were not expecting that in uh, in, in inside man but it's just that you know on a high end studio system that song just sounds so brilliant it's it's unlike anything that the 90s and even now we get to hear yeah in a way actually 90s started of many big stars who actually became legendary iconic in the later decades and ar rahman is one of those i mean probably the biggest of them all who's like made a name for himself in india now abroad and all over the place and 90s is where it really all started yes what was roja in the 90s or yeah i think so yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. roja was his first song yeah i don't think it was his first i think maybe thiruda thiruda was before it but the in hindi movies roja. we saw we saw roja first and i think after that the dubbed version of thiruda thiruda roja was the first it was the right after dalapati soundtrack okay all right okay since like uh, arnob had mentioned uh, t uh, ashiki and therefore t series and then gulshan kumar i'll start with the, i'll go with the film which kind of started shooting on the day gulshan kumar was killed satya which is you know i think without satya 
there wouldn't be an anurag kashyap and there would be no parallel this indie movie mo- movement that we are talking about and that is so thriving in india today if the world is gushing over a sacred games today i mean that whole cop and underworld routine that started with satya ipen and it was a very international in its treatment i mean so the songs were like almost incidental and uh, uh, you know the whole narrative of uh, you know this unapologetic unemotional hero who comes from without a background who has no justification and who rises to the top of the underworld this was i felt a very international kind of a film and yet it had its i mean and yet it's a very bombay uh, film i mean it is like it couldn't have been set anywhere outside uh, bombay and the other thing i really liked was i mean which eventually became a weakness of ramgopal verma that whole uh, there is he has this low budget grunge kind of a treatment that was he made it a strength i mean actually many of the films of 90s like even if they did not want to be seen as low budget ended up looking like low budget so you had very rich people uh, staying in very like shady looking houses and all of that ramgopal verma turned that into a, like a sort of a usp of satya so that whole uh, crew of that gangster thing they actually really looked like they were really gangsters and we have no way of knowing later we found out even ramgopal verma had no way of knowing but uh, i mean it just seemed like an extremely real extremely uh, happening in your face kind of a gangster film about what made satya great do you think it was more about ramgopal verma or was it anurag kashyap well i think both of them claim about 100% each and <laughs> no but seriously uh, but seriously i mean the way the story goes is that that ramgopal sorry anurag kashyap and saurabh shukla wrote a script with which they started shooting and uh, and on the day of the first day of shooting it was announced that i mean it was uh, it came out that uh, gulshan kumar had just been shot and underworld is like literally out in the open so apparently ramgopal verma trashed that entire script and asked them to write a completely new one with completely new directions and all of that and also i mean uh, apparently the script was not very uh, formally followed during the shooting so therefore it's a little doubtful really hmm so when you say the script as in the script that finally uh, anurag kashyap wrote the finally yeah what he wrote and what was shot i mean nobody really knows the gap okay So it was not a bound script in the sense of the it term. It was not a bound script. In fact, I recently heard an interview which uh, Ramgopal Verma was uh, giving to Anupama Chopra, and uh, so they were talking about scripts and Ramgopal Verma's eventual fall from his uh, huge heights that he was in the nineties. And he said that I started falling when I started having bound script. When I did not have bound scripts, I used to do just fine. <laughs> i i guess so again i agree totally with with what you said i think the uniqueness of satya is that at least for me the most unique thing about satya is kind of what you mentioned you just mentioned is the fact that it did not want to justify the violence for for so long we had seen 
you know, mafia movies. I think the most iconic one is Diwar, which is not really classical mafia movies in the terms that the West mm. sees it as, as, as the Irishman has come out right now on Netflix. The, the, the Western genre of, of, of mafia movies is very different from the Indian genre. So Diwar is the, is the kind of the archetype of the classical Indian mafia where, you know, the guy is actually good, but he becomes bad because everybody else is bad. So right. there, there's, there's, there's always this, this, this is always part of that myth is that, you know, the people who are in mafia are actually been made there because society has been bad to them in some shape or form that they're not really bad actually. And that they can, you know, in case of Diwar, they're not really totally rehabilitated, but there are many movies in which we see that they are rehabilitated by love or something else. For the first time, Satya just doesn't give a backstory of the main character. You know, he's just that because he's that. It, it does not apologize for the mafia lifestyle. It does not apologize for greed or for violence. And I thought that was, you know, very Western sensibility. It was kind of a step just going beyond the Nehruvian, Gandhian, socialist moralizing that, you know, people are not born bad. People, society makes them. This is like saying, well, we don't really care if people are born bad or not. This is the guy. Um, I yeah. think that was one thing which was, which was very, which was very, you know, out of the norm. Uh, in terms of Satya. And the second was, again, as you mentioned, you know, Ram Gopal Verma's obsession with, uh, you know, smelly, unattractive men sweating all the time and these bizarre camera angles and these darkness. And and while this ultimately, as you rightly pointed out, essentially became a parody of itself as he kept on repeating that, the first time we saw it, it was it was immensely refreshing. I think that Golimar Bheje Me. That, you know, yeah. normally in mafia movies or any movies, you know, whenever you have a dance sequence, you kind of come out of the whole environment. You get to see very, you know, attractive people dancing, you know, and it doesn't look like you've kind of been brought out of the world. This is a song sequence which is entirely embedded in that world. Okay. It's very obvious they're drunk. It's obvious, you know, uh, Saurav Sukla is wearing a banyan and, you know, he, 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 there's somebody who's p- playing a tabla on his in bald head. It looks like exactly the way that, you know, a few drunk men would dance. And exactly, it's a very engineering college, except we don't have guns there. Everything else <laughs> is like that. So, it, it, so it was, again, I, I thought it, it, it went, that was another innovative thing. And the third thing which I felt which was very innovative was the, it focused on characters who were not the main hero and the heroine. So Manoj Vajpayee and Shefali Shah at that point of time were the real stars, I felt, of Satya. It just like the best of Mafia movies, just like you know, Scorsese's best, it's not so much about the main character as it is about the supporting characters. And this is one where Rangopal Verma, or maybe it was Anurag Kashyap, who knows? you know, get that perfectly done. They they create very, very beautiful characters within like very, within like they may, may have five or 10 minutes of screen time, but those characters still stick with us, you know, Absolutely. so many years after the movie, we, we saw, we saw the movie. And again, this is the hallmark of a great mafia movie. If you, if you see, you know, what makes Goodfellas such a great movie, it's because of the characters. You know, Godfather, again, is a very standard example. But again, what makes it stand is not so much the story. I mean, what was the story of Godfather? It's nothing great. But it's the characters. It's a very, very character. The best mafia movies are character driven. And this was one movie which I felt in the 90s, which was more character driven than any, any, any other movie that I can think of. 
So this is for both of you. Do you think Sat- what worked for Satya was that it was first to market and we had never seen anything like it before? Because we have had such, you know, realistic, gritty gangster movies uh, a dime a dozen. In fact, half of them have been made by uh, Ram Gopal Varma itself. So I think there is a first mover's advantage. That is true. I mean, everybody remembers that, you know, Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay were the first people up to Everest. Nobody quite remembers who the next person was. <laughs> and so so that's one point. But I also feel that it just worked. Uh, it just worked very well. And I don't think that was the first mover's advantage. I think, again, sometimes things work and sometimes things don't. And this was just one place where everything came together beautifully. And again, more than the main character and the main, you know, the hero and the heroine, I, I remember all the side characters much more. Where I remember there was, of course, sort of Sukla. And what was the other guy who, when he when he takes Satya to his apartment, shows him the god and says, Yeah, Bhagwan bhi hai or something, he says. Ah, correct. Was that, uh, uh, was, was that Pakya? No, no, I think Pakya was in uh, Rangila. No, no, his name. No, no, but uh, this was, I think, when he first shows him to his colleague. Yeah, 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 correct, correct, correct. His name, the character's name was Chandar. And he has appeared in some uh, small but very solid comic roles, including uh, where that his interaction with Aslam Bhai in that uh, Love Ke Liye Kuch Bhi Karega. That guy is a solid comic actor. So again, those those small things, you know, you have these small things, you know, maybe one line, which basically etch a character in your memory. And I just think that Satya consistently got that right. Whether it was by accident or by design, I cannot say, given Ram Gopal Verma's later work. But yeah, I think, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, of course, uh, Satya was the pioneer. But even as a standalone film, I mean, if Satya were to release today, it would still, I would feel, make quite a mark because the all the things that we discussed. Also, I mean, just taking Ornop's point a step further, I think all the characters had very nice backstories, which you are free to imagine. I mean, you'd say, how did Shefali Chaya and, uh, or Shefali now, Shefali Shah and Manoj Bajpai get married? Uh, you know, there's, there is a very interesting, possibly a prequel to it, uh, which was very nice. That politician, that Bhau Thakurdas, uh, whatever his name was, he seems like he's still in. I mean, as this uh, Maharashtra MLA thing is going on, I have a feeling that uh, characters like him are still in business. You know, so to that extent, <laughs> it is quite uh, real, and I would say also very contemporary. It still holds. So my next pick is going to be not a very obvious one, but again, as a movie, it's not great at all. It's this movie called Khalnaik. But the main thing about Khalnaik is not so much the movie, but the the context that Khalnaik came out in. This was the first movie which kind of became part of politics. For those of you who don't remember, this was, those of you who were not born then, um, Khalnaik came out at a time where Sanjay Dutt was accused of uh, of having aided and abetted uh, the Mumbai bomb blasts. That you know, wh- whatever his involvement of it was, he was definitely definitely accused of possessing an illegal firearm and more. And when the movie first came out, uh, it was going to come out. That movie was going to come out. And the second thing about the movie was, of course, Choli ke piche kya hai, which was we we kind of let's talk about Choli ke piche kya hai, and then I'll come back to the politics. But Choli ke piche kya hai was the first time where we would see the rise of the 90s vulgar lyrics. So before that, we've 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 had 
lyrics which kind of scratched the surface of what was then considered to be propriety but this was the first time where it just kind of comes out in the open there is there is no it's called a double meaning lyric it is no double meaning there is only one meaning in that line <laughs> and of course then they dial it down with the second line where they say choli mein dil hai mera but it's so obvious what were they talking about and it was so shocking i remember when i was sitting with my parents to watch it it came up first time it came out in uh in dd2 which was which was then the more entertaining you know entertaining half brother of dd1 <laughs> they were the only choices that we had and it came out in a, there was a countdown show in those days which was really the the most watched and most discussed thing in the super hit mukabla which was hosted by at that point of time by baba saikal <laughs> so 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 this song i remember we had no idea so you have to understand in 90s there was no social media there was no songs in youtube there was no trailer for a trailer there was nothing songs just dropped and so we were all sitting together in a family watching songs you know how bad could things be and then that orgasmic yell that you know the cook cook everything it's like this this like we don't know where to look should i pretend that i don't understand what's going on or should i just like relax and sink myself back into the sofa should i leave the room what should i do <laughs> and this was an experience like the next day when we went back to school this was like everybody was talking about that song what was that song did i hear it right or did i imagine it all and this was what was so great about khalnaik because it was this song which just like blasted out of nowhere and brought you know kind of that that overt sexuality came front and center at a time when you know at least at that age of my life i was feeling it quote unquote um and we, which brings me to the to the perhaps the even the more controversial part of khalnaik like it was that it was an entirely political thing after that and the movie's um, release was i believe stalled at that point of time uh, which was a very good decision that shubhash ghai took and then later on he released it at the height of this whole frenzy with sanjay dat and here sanjay dat was playing a terror so you can imagine how life and looks like we lost arnab there for a minute so while we wait for him to get reconnected uh, we had an earlier interview with uh, a noted film critic uh, bharadwaj rangan on on the whatsapp geeks podcast it was earlier this year and uh, we were uh, speaking about how shoddily tech is typically depicted in movies back in the day and even now and we had the example of how in uh, khalnaik jackie shroff tracks sanjay dat using word star a word processor like microsoft uh, word back in the day anyway looks like arnab is back hey arnab uh, please continue okay so let's start so so the so the politics part of it was this so uh, besides keeping aside madhuri dikshit and you know in in you know the the sensational the sensational choli ke piche kya hai which i don't know how many times has been remixed but the, this was the first time where again when the, when this thing first happened the the movie release was stalled because it was deemed to be insensitive because you know sanjay that was playing a terrorist in that movie and then of course you know there's there's sensitivity and then there is the need to make money and so it was released quite a few weeks after and it had an insane opening because it was all about whether this was about you know sanjay that the character or the, the the character in the movie or him the person and this was i don't think that i've seen 
a movie which goes from the back pages of Telegraph, where the movie reviews used to be, uh, to the front page, where this actually became front page news. And it was it was a heady time in India. It was like the, the bringing together of the mafia, terrorists, and 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 Bollywood. And this was the movie that kind of caught it all together. And it also had Choli Ke Piche Ke Kya Hai in it. So that's why it makes my list as the one of the most culturally significant movies of the nineties. Yeah, to- totally agree. Uh, because it was like a sensation with like all words capital kind of a thing. And of course, uh, we have seen a slightly, uh, actually a lot sanitized version of that in uh, Sanju. Uh, but when it was happening, it was like all raw and like falling out of, I mean, everybody was falling off their chairs wondering that if, if this is a biopic or not. And uh, all this, I mean, while Choli Ke Piche kind of uh, led the promotions, uh, very soon it had all become that Nayak Nahi Khal Nayak Hume, which exactly. was uh, <laughs> dominating the air. <laughs> it, exactly, as the Tukiti points out, the lyrics say, say it, right? You can't make it more explicit. Nayak Nahi Khal Nayak Hume. <laughs> so, you know, how, how, how can you get beyond that? So I think that's, that's we can't move on without discussing Kalnaika. <laughs> I was I, hoping I, nobody I, will mention that. <laughs> and, I, I, and on public record, I will deny having seen the movie also. But <laughs> but I have. <laughs> Not a bad movie, actually. I do remember this one scene where Jayaprada's inhalers are hidden and, you know, she dies of asthma or something. All I'll say is that of all the scenes in that movie, that's the one that I don't remember. So moving on. Khalnaik <laughs> <laughs> so, so, had so, everything Khalnaik had, including a Choli Ke Piche reprise. Yes, yes, yes. Aachal Ke Andar Kya Hai? Tawahi. Yes, so, yes. So that that was a picturized on Varsha Uzgaonkar, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yes. So uh, again, we I, I, I can I, I can do a full episode on Khalnaika, but I don't think it's wise to do that. So we'll move on. <laughs> to, to... Yes, it's a very urated podcast, and this is so. The next movie is actually the anti Khalnaika that I have. It's Hamapke Hakon. Like it's <laughs> yes, it's like take everything that Khalnaika is and put a not gate in front of it. And you have Hamapke Hakon. So Hamapke Hakon, again, is possibly the, the 90s movies that all uh, like Z, Generation Z and Generation Y have all seen and heard of. And it's been spoofed on BuzzFeed and, and, and everything. So it's it, it's it's kind of, but but for us who actually saw it in those days, Hamapke Hakon, see, what is the significance of Hamapke Hakon? So David Dhawan started this whole wave of, uh, you know, for the want of a better word, rural vulgar cinema, which was essentially, you know, extremely full of double meaning lyrics, you know, you know, people lifting their dhotis and that was considered to be entertainment. And we we had the great Samir who was giving double meaning, triple meaning. And actually there was no double or triple meaning. There were only one meaning, actually. I mean, there was no other meaning. So, you know, the, the the predominant movies that were being made were all like that. And this was about the first two or three years of, of the 90s. And 
and then hum aapke hack on comes in kind of as a harking back to the 1960s and 1950s where everything is you know women are referred to as jagat janani and they, it 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 the, the 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 language you know there's an and it all i mean i can never mention aloknath ever in the same way but it was basically a movie about aloknath really it was that you know samne baithe hain samdin ji this is whole thing about like one song after another and these songs were so clean and so like chocolate lime juice i mean that's really what the songs were about and on one hand we're having songs about choli and achal and then there's chocolate and lime juice and it was just this 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 entirely and it was obviously again it was a it, it, it's actually a well made movie i would say because even though it was about things which i guess wouldn't appeal to any early 20s individual which was what i was at that time i actually liked it a lot and it was not my kind of movie at all because it it just again they they would kind of destroy that formula with movies one after another but this was again perhaps because it had the first movers advantage it got a lot of things right it 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 got first of all it was one of the first movies which realized the star quality of madhuri dikshit and basically gave her the entire movie salman khan in that movie is a supporting actor he's the third most important guy in that movie so there is madhuri dikshit then there is the dog and then there is <laughs> salman khan i think even before that i think aloknath is more important than than i think even the renuka sahani is more important so salman khan possibly come salman khan comes like fifth in terms of its importance in terms of the importance of characters he does a good job but he understands where his role is in the hierarchy and this is the first movie which i believe it's all about madhuri dikshit this is madhuri dikshit as amitabh bachchan as madhuri dikshit as shahrukh khan this is madhuri dikshit's movie and she just makes every scene that she appears in from mayani mayan that song didi tera deva divana even this i mean again it's, it's not a great movie but it's about this one person dominating every frame and for suraj barjatia to recognize the star ability of madhuri dikshit that she's not just one of the other heroines this this person is special this person can carry a movie on her own and make it like the biggest hit of its times and she does this is just this is a movie for madhuri made you know i am a big madhuri fan again it might be coming out in the way i'm saying but this was you could watch even if we made it two more hours and had 10 more songs i could still watch it for madhuri dikshit it was that good and again as as a movie i think the fact that uh, that uh, that suraj bajatia gave her so the the tendency would have been to make it into a salman khan movie when i believe it would have been a mega flop because there were a lot of salman khan movies in those days which were similar to it like one which he made with sri devi like i'm very very sorry tera naam bhul gayi and stuff so there were all these other movies where salman khan was was trying to be a lead hero this remember this was a very different salman khan that the post dabang one that you've seen he was he couldn't carry a movie on his own even with sajan he had to have you know he again had to it was basically sajan was again it was madhuri dikshit and he was a supporting role so he this was a very different salman khan in those days and suraj bajatia recognized that and put the right person in the right place that was why i believe that hum aapke icon is is so significant 
actually yeah actually i was just uh, hearing again an interview of uh, suraj parjatia at the 25th anniversary of this year is uh, 25 years of uh, hum aap ke hai kaun and he said that it was a actually i was very impressed by his thought process in that movie because it was what arnab said that he actually planned it out so it was not an uh, so it was never his intention to make uh, salman the hero so for him he actually tapped into a some sort of a uh, probably that uh, that up middle to upper middle class north indian family the you know it was like a f- fantasy of someone in that family that you have a huge joint family everybody is happy you fall in love with your uh, elder sister in law sister i mean this is so salman khan is actually the every man it's like whom so he is not the hero the, he is kind of dreaming of madhuri dikshit who's like this totally ethereal uh, woman but from the same family or from the same uh, extended family and everybody kind of uh, i mean she was the object of dreams or whatever so it was very i mean if you once you see i mean see the movie or rather hear this and then see the movie you know everything really falls into place because salman khan is the one who's kind of sighing after madhuri dikshit and madhuri dikshit is like that object of desire so it was very nicely that way it was very nicely structured and again i must also acknowledge and applaud salman khan because given the types of roles that you know leading men like to take it's very difficult to take a role where it's so obviously a, he, it again this was salman khan at kind of like he was still trying to make his mark in the movie industry it still hadn't had a lot of you know of course his first movie was a huge hit but then kind of he had a lull phase for many years so this was a time when it would be be natural for him to not do a role where as i said the most important character is madhuri dikshit then there is all lot a lot of other characters who get much more footage than he does like the dog lakshmikanth bede you know there's a lot of people who are kind of vying with him and as they took it the points out it's all about this dream of madhuri dikshit and he's just kind of being the guy who's dreaming about her so i think it was also it it, it, it was, we have to applaud him also for taking such a role which was so much you know kind of anti 90s machismo kind of a role and you know he did it being salman khan and i think it it, it did wonders for his career too because it gave him that kind of hit he needed to point to so that he could go on to other projects otherwise i don't know what would have happened to him if 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 hum aapke hai kon hadn't been such a huge hit and it has very good i would say it has very good rewatch value it was one of the movies which because it didn't have any plot as such there is no suspense so there is nothing that you lose by seeing it again and again so it's basically a series of these dream like episodes that you know as dipak kitty pointed out is basically the fantasy of the indian joint family that everything everybody is good and it's 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 essentially i mean that's that's the main thing about hum aapke hai kaun that it's it's a fantasy and so there's not much of a story there's you can't ruin it really for anyone um and that's why i believe it's it, it, it's it's entirely it's very rewatchable again i suraj bajatia would ruin that by keeping on making hum aapke hai kaun again and again and again and again with different people and it doesn't work which goes to show that you can't repeat a successful formula and you cannot repeat it unless you have somebody like madhuri dikshit headlining it any other i mean i don't think of any other heroine at that stage of their career who could have done justice 
to the kind of importance that they had to the scheme of hum aapke hai kaun why don't you go with the next pick dipto is it my next or is it yeah is is it is next yes dipto it is next so so i will uh, select another whatever fantasy on fantasy film and which kind of uh, set the stage for many such films in the future which is kuch uh, kuch hota hai karan johar essentially has always been has been a self professed fan of yash chopra and kuch kuch hota hai was like and his later films turned out to be like yash uh, like yes chopra on steroids or lsd or whatever <laughs> psychedelic drugs kids are doing uh, kids were doing probably it's like uh, riverdale meets bhartiya sanskriti in like this super satisfying mashup uh, with uh, you know again it is like the college you will never go to but it is the college that you will probably dream of and the life that you will dream of and it was the also the mark the transition along with probably uh, ddlj where sharukh khan moved away from his uh, bazigar dar anjam face to the lover boy face and which would last i mean i think it's still lasting or he thinks it is still lasting and kuch kuch hota hai was that that thing which uh, created sharukh khan as a lover boy that whole uh, very chocolate box kind of an appearance of films very stylized dress uh, very international fashion and look if not a international story the story was 100% indian but uh, so it was a very good ma- mashup of the international look and an indian film and again uh, salman khan plays a supporting actor <laughs> So for me, कुछ कुछ होता है again for and again for as since I have been writing fiction uh, for years now, and I've I've watched enviously as 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 the writers of romance novels in India sell more in a day than I can hope to sell in a year. Uh, what I've seen in is that pretty much all their books follow the exact same formula as कुछ कुछ होता है. It's all about. falling in love with your friend i mean i i can't tell you how many times i've seen this being repeated not just in hindi movies but also in pulp romance novels that that people like to read so this i believe is either you know a fantasy for people or what people actually fall in love with their friends and kuch kuch hota at least in my mind is the first movie which is about that it's it's is very it it has this archie thing going on too where you know you have you know a veronica and a betty and you have archie and you have also you have this 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 whole this comforting thing of coming back you know you know falling in love with your friend realizing that you were in love with this person for so long and again when i say it it sounds really kitschy and like a kind of cringing by saying it but it's i think there is an enormous appeal of this to people of a certain age and with a certain you know let's say social context and is dipakiti pointed out is this whole international look and feel there's one thing that you know one thing that uh, i was going to come to with you know dilwale dulini le jayenge spoiler which is in my list is that with karan johar we with karan johar we're coming to this look and feel and the clothes that people are wearing so before that you know you have manish malhotra now designing clothes we, 
Hindi movies were either if you were going for that grungy satya look i mean that was realistic but if you look at the kind of clothes that heroines used to wear they they look they looked very 80s still then okay they were not they were not quote unquote modern they were all like frilly lacy they looked like victorian sometimes and it just you know you know think of the song bazigar and you'll realize what 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 dresses were in those days and then out comes how up comes with karan johar is there's one thing that karan johar is great at i mean i have poor idea of him as a director but there's one thing he's amazing he's an amazing fashion de- designer so he's it's got an amazing sense of the look of anything so that you can't take away from him and so this is the first time where he kind of revolutionizes the look of a hindi movie it just looks so very different from anything that you've seen before yeah and absolutely. that i believe is 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 that together with that that you were always in love with your friend thing i think those two things have kind of defined the legacy of this movie actually i'll just add on because you mentioned that clothes part and the producer his father yash johar is typical 70s 80s producer of bollywood and he was not one to go get into looks of a film he just did not get that so the budget which in which the film was made the clothes was such a high part of the budget that yash johar actually asked karan that are you sure that you want to so, spend so much money on clothes because you know we can like go and shoot in a much better location which is how bollywood's operated bollywood operated in the earlier decades that you know if you have money you go abroad you don't uh, spend on clothes so right. yeah karan johar because he got a little defensive about it he decided to buy clothes which all had the brand names showing so he said ki boss if i'm going to spend so much money i might as well make sure everybody gets to see the brand name on which i have spent so money so you will see all the polo and the dkny's <laughs> emblazoned on the sharukh's <laughs> chest and everything saying ki matlab dekh lo yeah i mean like it was fashion i mean i remember that 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 shahrukh khan that t-shirt that he wears in that uh, uh, what was that song with rani mukherjee playing the guitar yeah koi mil gaya koi mil gaya so that kind of at least i don't know if you've seen it but it was a rage in kolkata in those days yeah yeah it was they were selling totally knockoffs in goria hat yes yeah and and that cool locket i mean when i first watched it watched the film and i was like Ki, who wears a cool locket and then i saw some 20 people in the next one week who were going around wearing cool lockets two things friendship bands friendship bands <laughs> friendship bands friendship, friendship bands, bands. archies cool just rocked it archies like <laughs> they just went totally all in with friendship bands and this became the rage in those days and then that koi mil gaya song where the first time in my life i saw a t-shirt where the sleeves were colored differently from the main t-shirt <laughs> while we're talking about fashion and also uh, not wearing far from hum aapke kon what is the priti jangiani song chui moi si tum lagti ho all girls were pinning little teddy bears to the which i think sleeves. was sponsored by correct correct i have a feeling yes, that yes. was sponsored by archies because all those things that uh, teddy bear and that heart shaped things and all of that all of those were available in archi so first it was like like ashiki was built around the soundtrack similarly that music video was built around that merchandise yes so my, so my pick over here my my last pick is again not surprising at all but 
the 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 purpose of this is not to surprise you but it's it's is dilwale dunhaliya le jayenge and i just don't need to talk about what, what is the significance of this movie this ask anybody who was not born in the 90s ask anybody who was born in the 2000s and ask them to name one 90s movie i'll tell you 90% of the time they will say is dilwale dunhaliya le jayenge because this is again this is the movie that they've seen they've heard it kind of launched shahrukh khan it launched the shahrukh khan kajol pair is one of the the most bankable you know romantic pairs of the of the 90s and perhaps of the entire you know hindi filmdom again i think it was it, it again yash chopra had been using switzerland as a locale for you know many of his movies this was not the first movie that was shot extensively in switzerland but this was the first movie where i think it really worked I mean, we had done Chandni and everything, and it was there. Of course, everybody knew knew Switzerland. Everybody, Sri Devi saying cognac, sharab nahi hoti, and all. We we'd seen that kind of. He basically repeats that whole uh, cognac, sharab nahi hoti from um, Chandni in DDLJ with you know they them getting drunk in Switzerland. So you can see it's it's basically lifted from his and another old movie, but this time it just works so much better. It's just the small tweaks that he does. and you know the music was brilliant the the najane you know there there's mere khabon mein jo every every song it just fits everything fits in and i also think it's this whole fantasy i don't think that if i'd see ddlj now i would possibly laugh it off it would have no impact on me but you know in that you know growing up in a just car come out of my teens early 20s you know this this it was also this fantasy of you know going to a place and meeting this you know this lovely woman and falling in love and coming back it's the everything like kind of it was kind of played into the the romantic fantasies of everybody in the 90s and you and i whenever i see it now i mean see songs i don't see the movie anymore i can kind of remember myself seeing this movie then i just don't watch i mean i'm looking at shahrukh khan i'm looking at kajol but in my mind's eye i'm actually looking at myself seeing shahrukh khan and kajol in the 90s and you know reminiscing about how i used to be and so this is why ddlj is so special for me it's not just question of special for me i also feel that it kind of influenced the look and feel kind of brought out those this whole nri romance movies that would kind of come to dominate uh tal and and it would kind of dominate the middle of 2000s i would believe and so it would launch you know a sequence of onabies but nobody would ever scale the height of ddlj so was ddlj the first movie where uh, sharukh leans back ever slightly and opens up his arms now i'm trying no i trying think to he wonder I... where in ddlj did he do that but no yeah. he does it he does it he does it in the fields he does it in that in the fields right 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 yeah he but he was standing straight <laughs> he was standing straight i think okay no i always felt that lean leaning uh, arms out pose is a bit 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 like elementary my dear watson it's very popular but he didn't do it for a really long time <laughs> yeah he's done like no in aise in aise diwanagi he does I don't know if he leans back, but he generally pumps his. It's very energetic, so he doesn't really hold the pose. But I think he has that pose in uh, in in Indiwada. Before we move on to our final pick, since I know what it is, uh, let me ask you guys about the missing Khan. We don't see Amir here. Uh, he wasn't very representative of uh, the '90s cinema, was he? 
Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll just say that you see what Amir Khan brought in the '90s is not so much as the choice of film, but as in the way of working in them. I think he was the first actor who started this whole thing of, uh, uh, I mean, you know, one star acting in one film at a time, getting into understanding the character and doing, I mean, going really deep and doing a physical uh, change, as in really going. Uh, hair and mustaches to look apart and all of that i think that's what he started but his films at least till 90 i would say all of 90s they were very run of the mill regular commercial masala pot boiler stuff so some of them were very enjoyable like jojita vahi sikandar is i mean i did not put it in because it's not like a typical 90s movie but it's a i really like his films like let's say rangila or jojita vaisikandar and all of that but you cannot call them like unusual stuff i think he brought in the discipline of working but the really edgy stuff was probably still being done by uh, um, uh, sharukh in the, at least in the 90s i think there's a main problem with i think amir khan kind of bloomed late i think amir khan's culturally significant movie came in the 2000s i think in the 90s he was still trying to find his way i think mm. also there was another reason as as they took it they pointed out he was a very different actor from everybody else he was doing one movie at a time he was he was interfering i remember in those days when i used to read a lot of film fare and stardust in while i went to cut my hair at the barber's shop <laughs> was that was that there was a persistent complaint of him being you know com- you know in those days it was a very different kind of filmmaking is that the stars were were allowed to were allowed to do nakras but the nakras where they could come late on the set they could ask for chili chicken they there were there were these limited things that they could do but they were not allowed to interfere in the movie that was something which was which was a no no so a star comes in no matter don't care who you are but here was amir khan who was coming and he was telling people that look this is not the way we should do it and remember amir khan during dil hai ki manta nahi he this is a right. long time ago when he made the statement which was you know pretty critical in those days to make about a movie which uh, in, in normally you know even now people don't normally critically talk about their own movies when they're in the theater so i think he remembered he i remember him saying something like there is the song to pyar hai kisi aur ka do you remember yeah so he said that he found it like a little strange that you know somebody comes in and everybody starts singing it dancing to a synchronized way to a song that they haven't heard before <laughs> and so <laughs> no no he said he he, he 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 i think he mentioned that to the director that maybe we should do it in a little different way i don't i mean it it could have happened i'm pretty sure there there were similar situations in love 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 and everything but at that point of time amir khan felt that he was under solid footing to being able to point this out again the dilka mantani came out in 1991 which was still fairly early in his career Right. and i don't think that it was kind of met by mahesh bhat in you know in in, in that spirit i don't know mahesh bhat was himself a little different than other people so maybe mahesh bhat is a kind of guy who you could walk up to and say something like this but i think that you know he struggled i think rangila was of course i, I he was very good in rangila but rangila is not i it's i don't remember it because of him Uh, there were other things in rangila which i felt worked much better than him and i think it was basically urmila mandonkar again the choreography um the costumes it, it was that but amir khan at least personally i don't think he did his best work in the 90s 
I think his best work would come in the 2000s. Correct. Also, the thing is that even in Rangila, I mean, he did not have a great working relationship with Ram Gopal Verma because I remember an interview in which that famous scene in which Amir Khan says AC chalu kar, fan chalu kar or something like that, and the waiter says AC on hai. <laughs> Ram Gopal Verma gave a statement saying that actually in that scene the waiter shines through, which again I thought was a fairly disastrous thing to say. That where a bit part waiter is actually better than uh, in a particular scene than your leading man. I mean, it's a different issue. The waiter was probably better in that scene, but then you just don't say these things. You don't. But but I totally can understand why somebody like Amir Khan would get into a personal battle with Ram Gopal Verma. But I think yeah, that yeah, yeah. I don't think Ram Gopal Verma is the kind of guy who would appreciate inputs from his leading actor into his directorial style. But Mahesh Bhatt might, given the kind of person he is, yeah, chilled out yeah, guy. Yeah, or, or, or Mahesh Bhatt may not have been on the sets also on that. <laughs> he might have been dialing it in. Yeah, it, possibly no, was remember, Mukesh, Mukesh Bhatt or Vikram Bhatt. Yeah, or Pooja Bhatt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so Ham Hai Rahi Pyar Ke is rumored to be directed almost entirely by Amir Khan. And I remember even before Dil Hai Ki Manta Nahi, Pooja Bhatt gave a statement saying that ki she was thinking that Amir, with, Amir Khan will now go to every single theater and check if the seats are okay and if like they are not uh, in say, any state of disrepair. Because that, apparently that was the level of prep or interference, whichever way you want to call it, was. So needless to say, Amir Khan never worked with Pooja Bhatt or Mahesh Bhatt ever again. <laughs> yes, that that that, uh, that that is true. I think he had I think he had problems with uh, Yash Chopra also for some time because of why he rejected Dar. Yeah. Yes. After Parampara, Parampara was where the problem started. At least that's what I read. It was again that he was yeah, not yeah, satisfied yeah. with the, with the product. Right, right, right. And Dar was offered to him, which he refused. Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, I do not know whether it was because of the the uh, his dissatisfaction with Yash Chopra or just the craziness of the role that kind of put him off. I I possibly think it was. I mean, Parampara isn't a bad movie if you look at it now. I quite but, liked it. Yes, exactly. It was it was quite a good, decent movie, but it just didn't work. And this is this is again one of those cases where you really can't deconstruct it. Say why did this not work? Because it was. Quite a good movie, but you know, totally tanked. Totally tanked. And yeah, Amir Khan didn't work. Amir Khan had very few people that he worked with. I think he was, you know, basically working with Ashutosh Gowariker. That was really what I mean. Of course, he and Ashutosh Gowariker in the nineties made Bazi. Yes. <laughs> so it's not as if they were magic all the time. <laughs> and that had uh, one ripoff of Come September, apart from the Raja version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dole, dole, dil, dole. That, yeah. <laughs> and no prizes for guessing the inevitable final pick. Okay, so since since we have absolutely this needs a drum roll, since we have like covered all director, actor, act slash actress combinations of like Suraj Kajatia and Salman Khan Madhuri Dixit and Ram Gopal Verma and Karan Johar Shahrukh Khan and all of that, so it only leaves the last and David Dhawan Govinda of course, and it leaves the last iconic director uh, actor combination, which is of Kantisha and Mithun Chakrabarti. Uh, so the my final pick is Gunda, 
now gunda is obviously i have chosen gunda in a manner that i felt that a lot of films of 1990s actually sounded better after you watched it uh later or went back to it because there were nice memories associated with it so gunda is the epitome of that i don't think anybody ever watched gunda before orno brought that post i mean i remember myself uh, me and a friend evaluating going to gunda and then we said ki no i mean this will just not be worth it so let's not go to the movie and then of course i then mythonism became a religion and everything just exploded in our face so like you know how uh, hitchcock wasn't considered hitchcock till like frosoa through four and all the french critics made a big deal out of him so ornob did that to kantisha so now <laughs> kantisha is like this complete touchstone of uh, you know that 90s kitsch or however you pronounce it so and now kantisha is also featured in an anurag kashyap vikramaditya murthwane production so kantisha is like uh hot property now but in the 90s nobody ever uh, i mean accepted that they had watched a kantisha film or they you could not, i wouldn't have admitted that i even know the name of kantisha if you had asked me in the 90s so it i kind of showcased the romance of the 1990s that became apparent only after we came out of it so that's my final choice gunda for the possible one person who might not know what gunda is would i be right in saying gunda is the bollywood equivalent of uh, uh, the movie uh, the room uh, tommy wizo wizo tony wise wizo i think that's his, i don't know how you pronounce his name <laughs> so the main thing about gunda again is i i must i must interject you know as 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 they took it they kindly gave me the credit for having brought gunda and kantisha into the public consciousness so what makes gunda so unique is that you see after i've seen gunda and i've watched hindi movies i've seen that there are many sequences like for instance that scene in which you know kundan dies there are countless movie scenes where you have a scene like that where somebody is dying and he's taking a long time to die and these guys just keep on going on top and they just amp it up the the great thing about gunda is you don't know whether it's actually that or if it's a spoof of that and gunda is a bit of both that's what makes it so culturally relevant and ultimately such a great movie this is a movie made in the proper sense and it's also in a very unintentional way a spoof of exactly that scene that is being shown it's very difficult it's virtually impossible to get this right uh, there's a movie i don't know if you've seen there's a movie called this is spinal tap no i haven't so this is this is spinal t- yeah it's a mockumentary about a so there's a very famous scene in which this guy shows like a sound machine and says this goes to 11 so this is like gunda is basically taking everything and dialing it to 11 and it's there's just this i i heard and again i don't know whether it's true that that the main star of gunda isn't really kanti shah it's the dialogue writer by a name of bashir babbar and i came to know this because there was somebody who was actually doing a thesis on gunda and he contacted me for his research and i came to know from him that that bashir babbar actually passed away and which is why the magic of gunda and loha which is kind of loha is kind of a lesser version of gunda but it's pretty awesome too it came like one year before a gunda 
um that that that's why skantisha was never able to replicate the success of gunda because his 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 dialogue writer which is basically went away and so then he gravitated to you know really shady stuff which are not even funny and they don't have any significance but gunda is where it, it all comes together you know it's a it's a fairly for that day fairly a rated cast in terms of its villains uh again i i hesitate to use the word a rated in in, in any in any sense other than the for adults for gunda but it it had a fairly decent i would say considering some of kanti shah's later works fairly decent star cast it had mithun chakravarty and everything in the movie it's ultimately if you just think about it every little line is just so beautifully constructed i mean there is this song called nasha nasha karta hai do you remember the song <laughs> yes unfortunately so there is this line which says kyu tu baraf peeta hai whiskey mein dal ke Okay. Oh, I <laughs> yes. So just think of this. Just think of this beautiful line. I mean, it's it's just kind of thrown in there in a song. But you, once you pause and listen, wait, what did what did he what did he just suddenly say? <laughs> and so that's the that's the glory of Gunda. There are these gems scattered around everywhere, and these are such so smart lines. I mean, there is this there is this line which you can have mentioned before that. जैसे कोई शैतानी टाइप के बच्चे शैतानी टाइप के बच्चे यू काइंड ऑफ थिंक ऑफ सम आंटी सिटिंग देयर एंड लाइक सेइंग शैतानी टाइप के बच्चे व्हिच इज व्हिच इज कमिंग आउट फ्रॉम दिस 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 विलेन हुस हुस टॉकिंग लाइक दिस एंड सो एवरीथिंग इट्स एवरीथिंग इज सो ब्यूटीफुल एंड व्हाट मेक्स इट इवन मोर ब्यूटीफुल एंड मोर मेटा इज ऑल ऑफ इट इज अनइंटेंशनल दे आर नॉट डूइंग इट बाय थिंकिंग ऑफ इट दे इट्स काइंड ऑफ कमिंग फ्रॉम इनसाइड व्हिच काइंड ऑफ मेक्स इट ऑलमोस्ट लाइक अ रिलीजियस एक्सपीरियंस you know this is not something which you are doing yourself it's almost like god is making you do this and that is why i kind of wonder at gunda and that's why this is part of mithunism it's like my religion because through it i kind of you know see god through it it's not man it's god talking to me through gunda not exaggerating this actually is you know it's almost a religious experience from me seeing gunda i mean that's that's the most religious i can get hashtag nothing to add <laughs> that's a wrap and uh, my head is still buzzing so let's see if i can remember what to say uh, let's first start by plugging the amazing books by dipto and uh, we've got bolly book and kitne aadmi the these are amazing bollywood trivia books and uh, we've got written by salim javed amazing book about uh, hindi cinema's most influential writer pair and uh, what's the book on cricket uh, yeah it was called simply cricket <laughs> and let me not forget about uh, arnav's patreon page that's at uh, patreon.com/greatbong where you can go and pledge any amount that you're comfortable with and support arnav directly any passing words of wisdom arnav first of all i want to thank you dipthukiti for coming to the show it was amazing having you here it was great talking to you pleasure pleasure it was lovely spending a sunday morning talking about some of my most memorable movies <laughs> and i had front row seats to this amazing conversation so thank you both 
and to our listeners until next time take care